Welcome to the Gifters Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Online Program, which teaches you how to turn your story into a successful speaking and online coaching business. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Terry Schauer. She is the author of Mindful Landlord, How to Run Rental Property for Profit and Peace of Mind. Terry, welcome to our podcast. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Most of my listeners and my clients are entrepreneurs and executives. And one of the things they always ask me is, you know, how do you stand out? And just the very word outstanding means, do you stand out? And unfortunately, a lot of people don't, bluntly speaking. And with you, you already stand out in many ways in that you wrote a book called Mindful Landlord, which already, that juxtaposition between landlord and mindful, I'm already excited and want to learn more. Then you define how to run rental property for profit and peace of mind. So again, you have this like cool yin and yang where it's about money and profit mm -hmm. and business, but you have this mindfulness. So already that alone was so amazing. Now, before we get into that, I want to rewind your life a little bit because you actually are a PhD as well. So talk to us about your journey about being a, a, getting a PhD in communications. Why did you choose to do that? Yeah, so I did a, a bachelor's degree in philosophy. And so communications, it's actually not marketing, it's theoretical communication. So I was looking at really broadly speaking, the effect that media has on society. And at that time, it was really TV and movies because there wasn't so much social media yet. Um, and so, you know, when I was growing up, I was kind of, you know, I like to read a lot and I was not great, didn't have the best people skills. So I feel like I kind of got pushed into like an academic path just because by default. Um, and then kind of as I went through that, like it was really fascinating because I got to look at sort of the sociology of how institutions shape uh, policy on the one hand and then public opinion through media on the other hand. So no, it, was a, it was very fascinating. But when I came to the end of it, I kind of realized that the academic life going forward was probably not for me. And then because I'd done real estate as a, a bit of a sideline, a bit of a student job going through, I then decided to make the switch. But um, no, definitely like, uh, you know, doing a PhD for whatever comes after it definitely colors the perspective that you bring to everything else that you do. But uh, the whole communication, again, I'm a business guy through and through, right? So business is about, I have a solution. I want to help you with your problem and hopefully I can help you. And if you feel that has value, you pay me for that service, right? And that's not philosophy. That's like blunt profit, blunt, blunt purpose. And then with, when you say theoretical communication, I didn't even know what that meant. Like wh why did you even, this is the last question I'm going to ask about this because I'm just curious, but communication for me is like <laughs> connecting with someone, but theory, as I said to you prior to the podcast, I hated school vehemently because all about Christopher, you memorize these facts so you can take a test and hopefully you do well. And after the test is over, you forget it. Oh, that's so practical in life, right? So you chose to, well, I didn't even know there's a theoretical communication. How come you chose the, the theoretical side of things? Well, if I bring it sort of into a more modern day perspective, just let's say the fact that we're doing a podcast, okay? If you look at the way media is structured today, so much of the information we receive comes through Twitter and Facebook and the different social media filters that condition how we understand the world around us. And I guess for me, like I'm always, you know, a little bit analytical and I have a bit of a, like a sociological mindset. And so I was always wondering how do 
people come by the ideas that they have. So today, for example, when I have conversations about, you know, let's say you guys just went through a US election or what's going on with COVID or like those big issues. And then you look at people's understandings of them. To me, they seem to be so off base a lot of the time. And then when you look at the information sources that people use and the way the media filter information, you then realize how people come by worldviews that maybe encourage them to behave in ways that are either self-defeating or not ultimately good for society. So like, let's say you're using YouTube as your main source of information and you're not triangulating to make sure that that's from reputable sources, you can get very sidetracked. And I think when we look at, you know, politically what's happening or even the way people kind of live their lives and get off track, I think a lot of it has to do with the way that the media we consume condition our perspectives on things. And so I just was interested to like understand that more deeply through a communications degree. Like that was really my motivation. And today I actually host a podcast. And like part of the purpose of that is because I feel like long form conversation is just so much more constructive for unpacking things as opposed to like 120 characters of a Twitter post, which really doesn't let you get to the proof. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, I don't necessarily agree with you, but again, that's why we have people on the show that we don't have to agree with everything. But but the reason why I like this podcast is because for me, at least, you know, this is a free service I provide. And it excites me to know that you have a person of your educational background who has this very analytical mind, but chooses to write a book called Mindful Landlord, How to Run Rental Property for Profit and Peace of Mind. So talk to us about that book and how can you choose to write it? Write it. Yeah. So, you know, I've been in the real estate industry for 20 years and I guess part of my frustration, there's had two main frustrations with the way the industry works. The first one is that very often people get so driven and obsessed by profit that they really forget their why that they started out with. So for example, a lot of people get into real estate investing because they want to have more free time and they want to have financial freedom. And then as they kind of go down the rabbit hole, it starts to become a competition about who has more doors and who did more transactions and who has a bigger portfolio. And when you go down that path, very often people start to have incredibly stressful lives and, you know, tenants will make you crazy if you let them. And so because the investors are trying to do more and more and more, and they don't maybe take a deep breath, look at their systems and analyze the way that they're running things ultimately for their own lifestyle, they get sort of trapped by their own success. So I think like witnessing that process made me want to kind of help people and give out that information to say, look, like maybe you do want to own a thousand doors or maybe you want to own 10 doors and maybe that's going to be enough for you to live, you know, a meaningful and financially independent lifestyle. Fascinating. And, and when you say doors, I mean, is that a common term that people that buy rental properties do? Is like, oh, I, get, I want to buy 10 doors, which is 10 apartments, apartments for rent? Yeah, that's kind of how we like, let's say you, you would talk about the size of your portfolio. I mean, you could talk about it, um, you know, either in, in the amount of value of those properties, but you could also talk about it in number of doors, because in, in property manager language, that's kind of how much hassle you're going to have. If you have a thousand tenants, like that's a way of quantifying <laughs> how many phone calls you're going to get. <laughs> Interesting. And since your book is about this peace of mind, how do you suggest, let's say I, I'm fascinated by your topic, Terry. I want to learn more about how I, I've, I have invested in property before, but like in case I haven't, what do you encourage or suggest in your book for me to have a better peace of mind? So you mean as a landlord? Well, whatever your book is about, I mean, it, like how to run rental property. So you're saying you're encouraging people to get into the real estate investing world or, or what, what's like 
Yeah. Who's your main yeah. re reader that you want to, to, to impact with this book? Yeah, so I think the like either for the person who's considering getting into investing or somebody who maybe has a couple of units and wants to scale up. Um, and I think it's really about understanding how you can, on the one hand, systematize the way in which you do things to avoid a lot of the headaches that maybe newbie investors get into. So let's say, you know, streamlining your tenant communication so that they're not texting you and hassling you in the middle of the night. So that would be like, let's say, the nuts and bolts property management side. And then the other half of the book is really kind of mindset. And so it's getting people to evaluate, let's say how they might deal with fear or how they overcome obstacles or how to understand, are you kind of trying to win a competition with what you're doing in real estate? Or are you, is it really coming from an authentic place that supports the kind of lifestyle you want to live? So I'd say it's like a bit of a half nuts and bolts how to not let the tennis drive you crazy and then half mindset. How can I optimize the way that I see things in my head to attain my goals and not get frazzled really. But if you talk about crazy, why would someone even go into real estate? If you're, you're saying, Oh, making you crazy, just having that understanding, why would you even have people come, come into real estate? If, if that's like one of the things that they're going to have to deal with. <laughs> Potentially. You know, I get that. I get that question a lot from people who um, have, for whatever reason, decided not to take on dealing with tenants. Um, and here's where I think, you know, systems are really important. I mean, obviously, like providing housing, I like providing any service, you're going to have a lot of service calls. And there's a lot of client service aspect to what you end up doing. And I think for a lot of people who get into real estate investing, they don't have that like client service background to maybe understand how to streamline communication, how to deal with requests, how to sometimes make a client understand that they're exaggerating or that's actually up to them to take care of a specific issue. Um, so I think, you know, like if you want to bring mindfulness into one aspect of landlording, like the relationships with tenants are like the number one thing that <laughs> keep people out of the business yeah. because it, it can, it can, if you don't deal with it effectively, it can really ruin it for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Terry, thank you so much for providing your perspective with our guests today. How can our guests connect with you and buy your book? Yeah. So um, you could, the easiest way is just to go on Amazon, look up Mindful Landlord, or else you can uh, look at my, my website, which is terryshower.com or else follow me on any of the social media. Terry, thank you so much for being on our podcast. Have a great day. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you for listening to the Gifters Podcast. If you want to learn how to turn your story into a successful speaking and online coaching business, go to ChristopherKai.com to learn more.